This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Why don't you open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 1. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Why don't you just flip over to Mark chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 16. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. You always come up, or you, I try to come up with titles <clears throat> that are, are quite intriguing and sometimes have a, more to them, a little bit more creative interest than straightforward titles. But this morning there's a straightforward title. I want to speak about discovering purpose. Sometimes there's a lot of power in simplicity, but I, I don't want to confuse the issue. I want you to understand exactly where we're going today. And I'm going to take a little bit of a journey to get there. Um, Clarence, can you pull us back a bit? I'm going to take a little bit of a journey to get there because it's important for us to understand context and for us to have a framework so that by the time we get there, it's like, okay, this makes sense to me. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Actually, that's not a very good translation. If you look back in the original Hebrew, what it really says is, in the beginning, God created the universe. It sounds like it's a semantic, but it's really not a semantic. Because when you talk about heaven and earth, you talk about them as being entities that are divided amongst themselves. And when it speaks about the fact that God created the universe, what he's talking about the fact is that when God put those two entities together and he brought them into existence, there was no separation between them. There was an interrelationship and an interbeing between heaven and earth. It's important because the thing about it is what ended up happening as a result of the fall, there ended up being a separation between heaven and earth. That's why when Jesus was on earth and people said to him, they were talking to him and he said, this is how you should pray. One of the things he said is, pray like this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What was he saying? He was saying the intention is to go back to God's original design. The intention is to go back, not between heaven and earth, but between, go back to universe. What he was saying was the intention is for us to go back where there is a relationship that exists between heaven and earth. It becomes really important because what it does is it creates a context for us to understand the environment in which God created man. God created man in an environment where heaven and earth were one. And when he created man, what he did is 
He created man in that environment. It becomes consequential to us and important to us because what it says to us is in order for us to live out our purpose, in order for us to realize the fulfillment and the reason that God created us, we have to understand that we have to go back to the original setting. In order for us to realize purpose, we have to go back to the place where heaven and earth are united. In order for us to fulfill purpose in our lives, we have to go back to the place where we recognize that the natural and the spiritual have to come together anytime you try and discover purpose for your life outside of that context it's not a possibility because the ingredients for purpose are both natural and spiritual you were born for a reason you were born for a reason we speak about this a lot and we sang about it this morning, fearfully and wonderfully made. You were born for a reason. When God had a look at you and he created you, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you some things as a gift. I'm going to gift you in your uniqueness. I'm going to gift you in your individuality. And what he does is he gives us talents. He gives us abilities. He makes some of us creative people. He makes some of us intellectual people, thinkers, people who like to spend their life doing that. He creates some people who are great at hospitality. He creates other people who are are proficient in, in discovery and science and technology. The way that you were created and the gifts and talents that define who you are is God's gift to you. You are gifted. But what he gifted you with was natural. He's gifted you with stuff that you can live out of the natural. The purpose for him, for us, is to get built on the rock. You're gifted with talents and abilities, but you to build your life on the rock. Your life on the rock is Christ, the anointed one on the inside of me. Because when you have your gifting and you build your life on the rock, what ends up happening is you end up motivated by purpose. Because suddenly I walk into purpose in my life and suddenly I recognize what my future looks like and what it should be like. I recognize that I'm able to take the things in the natural, marry them to the the spiritual side of things and walk into purpose. Purpose is when we take our natural gifting And we bring it to a place where we marry it to the anointed one within us. And as a result of that, we live out of that space. Anytime you live out of that space, you're going to live for something which is a bigger design than your world. It's not about me just making my life comfortable. It's not about me just doing my kind of thing so that I can get fame and fortune and power and anything else that I'm looking for. If you, in that paradigm, you've missed purpose. Purpose is much bigger than us. Part of the reason for purpose is because God's going to sit and take your gifting. He's going to put his ability as, as part of that and his potential so he can release you into the world so that what you can do is you can make his glory evident in the world. Why? What is he trying to do? There is a bigger agenda at play. And God is in the process of operating under a design to redeem humanity and the world back to his original design. You have a purpose in the greatest scheme of what God is wanting to do in the earth right now. We want to have a look at our career and we want to have a look at our job and we want to have a look at my position and my title and my promotion. And God says, you've missed purpose. You've missed purpose. Our purpose carries a bigger weight than where we are and what we're all about. 
Peter's out fishing. He's got his boat. He's got his nets. He's got his bait. He's smelly. Simon's sitting out there. And Jesus walks and Jesus says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something incredible in your life, Simon. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get your life established on the rock. And when I get your life established in the rock, it's going to transform you from Simon, the man of function, to Peter, the man of purpose. I'm going to take you as a fisherman and make you a fisher of men. I'm going to take you to a place where you take your abilities and what you're capable of. When you recognize your natural gifting and you bring them to a place where you prepare to sit and say, I recognize the Christ, the anointed one. And I want my gifting to be anointed so that I can step into purpose. And all of a sudden what I'm able to do is I'm able to take the things of the kingdom and demonstrate them in my life. He was going to do something in Peter's life, in in Simon's life, to make him Peter. It was about transforming him. It was about changing him. It was about getting him positioned and living from a place of purpose, not function. Your gift is important. I don't intend to marginalize your gift. Your gift is important because it is your source of significance. It makes you differentiated from other people. It sets you apart so that not everybody is the same. It makes you unique. Part of our responsibility and part of what we need to do is discover what we're gifted with. Because when you discover what you're gifted with, you'll discover your aptitudes. I feel inclined. I like doing these kind of things. I like acting and singing. I don't like numbers. I like hosting and entertaining people. I don't like being alone. I'm discovering the way that God has made me. But the way that God has made me becomes really important because I'm discovering what sets me apart in the natural from other people. I'm discovering what what creates my uniqueness and gives me significance in the world. It is important. It defines you. The point is this. Success is not a subjective measure. We think that we can define what constitutes success. If you reach a certain title, you're successful. If you become wealthy as a result of your endeavors, you're successful. If you become famous, you're classified as being successful. If you, the head of the corporation, you're classified as being, we want to use subjective measures that define what success is all about. But God doesn't say that. God says there is no subjectivity when it comes to being successful. I created you with purpose and you are successful when you live your purpose. If you don't live purpose, you're not successful in life. If you don't live purpose, you'll get to the other end and God will say, what did you do about purpose? What did you do about the reason I created you to be? Our number one priority and the things that we need to pursue more than anything else is purpose. People want to pursue all kinds of other things because they don't recognize the value of purpose. And as a result of that, people want to pursue their job. People want to pursue title. People want to pursue promotion. People want to pursue education. People want to pursue entertainment. People want to pursue fun. People are pursuing all kinds of other things and they're not pursuing purpose. 
When we understand that purpose is the most significant thing in our lives and God created us with a reason, it becomes incumbent upon us for us to change the vision and the focus of our life to sit and say, those things I understand, those things I may recognize, those things may be a part of my world. But the only way that I walk into purpose is when I sit and start looking for it inside of myself. for significance any time that we live a life outside of a pur- outside of purpose we live a life of function you do stuff but you're living in the natural and there's no contribution from anything of the greater one on the inside of you you're never going to step into purpose the challenge with it is if we don't discover purpose is it will exist but we'll never truly live We exist, but we never truly live. It's a story a few years ago about a very accomplished musician, great songwriter, excellent singer, got to the pinnacle of his career and everything. Had nowhere else to go because he took his gift. He recognized what his gift was and he developed his gift and it took him places and he got to the top of everything. He had recognition. He was famous. He went to places. He had everything and he, he couldn't find the purpose for living anymore. Why? Because I took my gift. I developed my gift, but I never discovered purpose. Very famous actor. So well known. So accomplished in his gifting. Used as a model. So many art schools. Refined gift. But no purpose. I can't find a reason for living anymore. You can take your gift and you can develop your gift. But outside of the contribution of the greater one within us, we never discover purpose. That's the problem. We have people today who can develop their natural gifting and it'll put them in places of prominence and they'll get all kinds of accolades. We'll have people who take their gifting and it puts them in places where they've got more money than some small countries. They've taken their gift. They've done something with their gift, but they've never discovered purpose. Watch your measures of what we classify as being successful. Because it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It has everything to do with did you discover and did you live out your purpose in life? Did you discover why God created you and why he put you down here? And have you stepped into a relationship with him so that who you are and what he's gifted with you with is walks into a place where he is working with you to make sure that that brings forth things that you're not able to do on your own. Simon is busy fishing. And the word made flesh calls him and says, follow me. The word made flesh calls him. What the word was saying to him was, invest three years in my, of your life in me, in the word. And what will end up happening is you'll walk into purpose. The transformational time in Peter's, in Simon's life was when he recognized you were the Christ, the anointed one. 
What he was saying was he was recognizing the value of the word. And he was sitting, and what did Jesus say to him? Blessed are you, why? Because when you start to build your life on the rock, things start to happen in life. When you start to build your life on the rock, on the word, on a revelation of what the word is all about, all of a sudden you put yourself in a place where you're operating in unity between your gifting and the greater one on the inside of you. And when you start to live that out, we start to build on the rock, we step and we start to live a life of purpose. We begin to live a life of purpose. Mm. It's the word. It was the time that Simon spent with the word and revelation of the word that had an influence and changed who he was. It was building his life on the rock that fundamentally shifted and propelled him into purpose. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, I can do nothing of myself. It is the Father in me who does the works. I can do nothing of myself. It's the Father in me that does the works. Many people recognize Jesus as the great teacher. And they spoke to him as a great teacher. The fact of the matter is because Jesus was linked to the greater one on the inside of him. And he had the life of God on the inside of him. He lived a life of purpose as the Christ, the anointed one. He lived a life of purpose. What he modeled for us was this is what it means to live a life of purpose in relationship with the greater one being on the inside of you. I can do nothing of myself. It's the father on the inside of me who does everything. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. What is it speaking to? It's speaking to your purpose. What it's saying is, if you build your life on the Christ, the anointed one, that is your hope of realizing glory, taking something of him and evidencing it in your world. What he's saying is, build your life on Christ, the anointed one, on the inside of you. When you start to do that and you start to take your gifting and ability and you marry it with the potential of what's on the inside of you, things begin to happen in our life. Things begin to happen in our world. I've changed the way I think about some stuff. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I used to think, That what that really meant was, the more time you spend in the word, what happens is, God will give you revelation and you take that revelation and you build a foundation on the inside of you. But I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. This is what I believe it means. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ, the anointed one, is in you. The moment you got born again, Christ, the anointed one, the hope of everything you're looking for is inside of you. The problem with it is we don't recognize or understand the potential that's living inside of us. When you get into the word, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. The word is the manual that's sitting saying, you know what? You have no clue what's on the inside of you. You have no idea about the potential that exists on the inside of you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to open this manual so that I can begin to reveal to you the potential that's inside of you. The potential that currently exists. And if you'll take your gifting and if you'll take everything that God has gifted you with and you'll marry it to that potential, you'll step into purpose. I had a computer. I'm a scary person in the world of technology. People get computers and they get excited because you know what? They get to go onto the internet and they get to read the news and they get to send emails. And they're so excited about it. And then one day you started reading the manual and you discovered there's this program, there's this application called Word and you go, wow! All of a sudden, I thought that all I could do is ever get news and send emails. It changes your whole life. Not because you know about Word, but because you begin to integrate it into your life. And all of a sudden, you can write documents and edit documents and send stuff all over the place. Because you discovered something new that existed there all the time. You just didn't know it. And you read the next chapter and all of a sudden it says, you know what, there's uh, an application called Excel. And you go, wow! It does all of this stuff for me. I hate math. And so I get into this program. It'll do everything for me. It'll add. What happened? I got into the manual and I discovered the potential that existed that I had no clue about. And it changes your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Faith comes by understanding. The invitation to potential, the invitation to step into purpose is to sit and say, recognize what's on the inside of you. Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Everything that you hope for is in Christ. Everything that you're looking for, everything that God wants for you to have in your life is in Christ. Your hope is inside of you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Get into it and find out about the potential that exists on the inside of you. It's the evidence of things not seen. When you got born again, what ended up happening? Christ himself. The very life of Christ came and lived on the inside of me. The moment I got born again, I can sit and say, you know what? My life was changed. Old thing had passed away. Everything has become brand new. I can tell you now, me, I'm walking evidence of the fact that fullness of hope exists within me. I'm on a journey to discover it. I'm on a journey to discover what the potential is that exists on the inside of me. (laughs) The substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. That just sounds like God. God is always on a journey looking for the unseen. Creation was in God long before it was ever made visible. God saw elephants. God saw trees. God saw oceans. God saw landscapes. God saw clouds. God saw stars. God had it all on the inside of him. It was the unseen that he made visible. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. 
What God is saying is, I'm giving you a template for how I want you to live life. I'm giving you a template for how you're able to walk into purpose. What I want you to do is recognize and explore the gifting that you have. I want you to explore the way that I've built you so that you understand yourself in a natural capacity. But I want you to take that natural ability and that natural capacity. And I want you to marry it to the unseen. I want you to explore and find (coughs) the things that you're hoping for. And when you discover what you're hoping for and you marry it to your gift, you're walking into and making visible the unseen. Faith is not the substance of things that don't exist. Faith is the substance of things that haven't been seen. That's what the life of faith is all about. Every time you have revelation or God reveals to you more about the potential that exists on the inside of you, what he's saying is, I'm giving you a new application for your life. Take it and use it. That's why the life, that's why faith is a substance, but it invites you into action. It's transformational. When he shows you something, go and do it. Take it. Run with it. We have great musical gifting in the church. We have people who can play their instrument really well. We have people who can sing wonderfully. It's their gifting. It's the way that God has made them. It's part of their uniqueness. It's part of what sets them apart. And we can get together all the musicians and we can produce and we can sing songs that technically are perfect. But I'm not looking for perfection. What I'm looking for is, have you taken your gift and have you met with the anointed one inside of you? Because you see, I'm not as interested in your music and your singing as I am in your praise and your worship. If you're going to live out of your gifting, you're going to sing really nice songs. And you're going to do great productions. And it's going to sound really good. And people are going to be very impressed at your natural talents and your abilities. But when you marry that to the anointed one on the inside of you, the design is for you to step into praise and worship. What's the difference? The difference is there is a part to God that goes with that. It's called the anointing. What you're stepping into is your gifting that's being anointed. And when your gifting is anointed, what it does is it evidences itself of the greater one. That's why people can sit in places of where there are worship services and people get healed. Why did they get healed? Not because it's great music. It's because it's anointed. Why can people get into worship and God can touch their lives and touch parts to who they are and transform and change them in worship? Why? It's not because of great talent and great ability and great playing and great singing. It's not because of natural gifting. It's because of the anointing. That's what God's calling us to in every sphere of our life. What he's sitting saying is, if you will take what I've gifted you with and you will marry it with the anointed one, you will live anointed function. You will live anointed gifting. Which sets us on a journey. And it says, where are you going? Our job is valuable. 
And we appreciate our job because it becomes a springboard for us to take our gifting and to begin to explore life in an area that's of interest to us. The problem with it is you're not going to find purpose in your job. Education is important because education is going to take your natural gifting, your skill set, and it's going to add to it and it's going to sharpen your skill set. But you're not going to find purpose in your education. Experience is important because it's going to give you street smarts and it's going to give you the application of knowledge and to know how to handle situations. It's going to walk you into wisdom, but you're never going to find purpose in experience. The only place you find purpose is inside of you. Stop looking into your world. Stop looking into your environment. Stop looking into promotion and where you're going. Because you're not going to find purpose there. Purpose only comes from the inside when I take my gifting and I marry it to the anointed one. So that what I do is I'm able to step out and do something that reflects the glory of who he is. Purpose never happens in isolation. Purpose is never realized outside of co-laboring with him. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If I am in you, if you are in me and I am in you, you will bear much fruit. Without me, You can do nothing. What is he saying? My invitation to you is to step and live out of purpose. If you don't do that, you're going to live out of function. What he's saying is the only way that you can produce fruit that reflects him and who he is. The only way that you can step into reflecting glory is when you get to that place where you recognize, you know what? I have to co-labor with you, Father. You know what? Give me a revelation. Give me an understanding of the greater one on the inside of me. Give me a deeper understanding of who the anointed one is. I'm coming to this place not because I'm so accomplished and so successful in my natural gifting, but because I'm standing here in humility and hunger, sitting saying, you know what? I need to have your contribution to my life Because without your contribution to my life, I can't step into purpose. We co-labor with him because we cannot do things of ourselves. We do it together with him. Because when we do it together with him, what ends up happening is your gifting becomes anointed. Purpose is anointed gifting. What does anointed gifting look like in your life? What does it look like to be an anointed teacher? How does that change you from an education set that is so expected? What happens if you become an anointed business person? What happens when you become an anointed scientist? What are you going to discover? Every aspect of our life is calling out for purpose. Are our finances in function or in purpose? Are they in function or are they in purpose? Too many people look at money and and they say, you know what? I love it because it pays the bills. It meets the needs. It does what it needs to do. Your money's stuck in function. It's never been liberated by the anointing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Who is the king of the kingdom? Christ. 
Christ in me, the hope of glory. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Seek first the king. Go and find out. Find out from the anointed one. Why have you gifted me? Take my finances and do something with it. Because when I take it out of the place of function and I come to the place where I meet with the anointed one, he's going to anoint that. And what's going to end up happening is things are going to start to happen and to change in my finances. Why? Because all of a sudden my vision has shifted and I'm no longer stuck in function looking at paying the bills. But he's introduced me to the fact that I'm here participating in a greater design. And he's sitting saying, use that as an avenue to bless you because I'm looking for you to use that for the extension of the kingdom. Our problem with it is we don't always walk into purpose when it comes to our finances. We look at it from a functional perspective. We look at it for paying the bills. And when God starts to bless us, we're very happy because we put more money into our 401k. And we add to our savings account. And God's sitting saying, you're missing the purpose for what I'm try- the reason that I'm blessing you. Sometimes God calls you to do certain things with finances. And if we resist into it, what ends up happening is we step outside of purpose and we step back into function. I need it for my retirement. And God's sitting saying, If you can trust in me, if you can use your finances for purpose, I will be the God who meets every one of your needs. The purpose. The reason for purpose. Is so that we're able to give him glory. When you're gifting... Put you at a place where you're able to take the anointing and do things in your world that make a statement. People turn around and people take note of it. When Peter was able to preach and the anointing came upon him and 3,000 people were born again, people took note. When Peter was able to walk along and he was able to speak to A man who couldn't walk and raise him up. People took note because he was beginning to live out of purpose. Purpose is really important because what what purpose does is it provides evidence that the greater one is alive. We need evidence in this day and age that the greater one is alive. And unless we live out of purpose, we'll never walk into an evidence of that. We need compelling evidence that the greater one is alive. Because when you have compelling evidence, all of a sudden it puts you in a platform and puts you at a place where you're able to voice yourself and voice your opinions and give glory to him. And people will listen to you because of what's happened to them. When you have a business that's growing and expanding and you can take somebody and say, you know what, I'm going to take you and I'm not only going to give you a job, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to introduce you to growth and expansion and I'm going to introduce you to a career and take you somewhere in your life. All of a sudden, because of what you've done in their life, it gives you the opportunity and the bridge to make contributions to their life and they're receptive. Why? Because my life changed as a result of what you contributed to it. When you pray for somebody and they get healed, it doesn't matter where they were before. Believe me, they'll hear what you have to say about it afterwards. When you're the person who prays for the expansion and the extension to the hospital wing, believe me, they'll want to hear what you have to say about stuff. 
We have to be able to get to a place where we can present to the world compelling evidence that the greater one is alive. And they need to look at our lives and sit and say, you know what? There is something about you. And it's like, it's not my gifting. It's not my ability. It's the anointing. It's the Christ inside of me. The anointed one in his anointing. That is married to my gifting. That moves me to a place where I'm able to deliver into situations and circumstances. Evidence that the greater one is alive. This year, I want to encourage you to make it a year of purpose. Don't look for purpose outside. Get to a place where you start to sit and say, I want to know the greater one on the inside of me. Faith comes by hearing. I'm going to grab hold of the manual and I'm going to discover about the potential that rests on the inside of me. I'm going to discover about what it is that he's called me to do. He's given me some inclination because he's gifted me in certain ways. I know certain things that I, and certain directions that I want to take and others that I don't want to take. I know that within myself because it meets my gifting. God's not silly. He didn't equip you for something and call you to something that you're not comfortable doing. But when you start to go down that avenue and you get to the place where you live out of intimacy and an awareness of the potential that's on the inside of you. And you take each new application that he gives you and you make that something that you walk out in your life. Not just I celebrate the fact that I've got word on the inside of me. Not just I celebrate the fact that I've got excellence on the inside of me. But I take that and I begin to explore that and use it. And it doesn't mean the first time you use Excel that you're an expert at it. But what happens? The more you use it, the more accomplished you become. The more you use it, the more you feel comfortable with it. The more you use it, the more you're able to explore and realize the fullness of what it can do for you. And it takes a period of time till you get there and you become proficient at it. It should be a year of discovery, a year of exploration, and a year of exercise. Take those things, integrate them into your life because it'll be transformational for you and it's transformational for the world. Purpose, I believe. Is a benefit that's reserved for believers. I'm making a peculiar people. What makes us peculiar is not because we're odd or weird. What makes us peculiar is the fact that I have the greater one living on the inside of me. And every time I lay my hands to stuff, every time I get involved in things, every time I'm, I, I'm a contributor to certain circumstances and situations in life, what comes out of me is not just my natural gifting, but the anointing. And things begin to happen. And people say, there's something peculiar about you. If nobody calls you peculiar, you're not living out of purpose. You should be called peculiar. You should be wearing the label. People talk about it in their their own terminology and in layman's terms. And it's like, well, you know, they're the person and their bum always lands in the butter. What are they saying? They're saying things always seem to work out for you. How come I struggle with so much stuff? How How come things are always difficult for me? How come I always feel like I'm going around the mountain? But every time you land, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, it seems like everything works out. What are they saying? You're peculiar. We need to be a peculiar people. That's what God's called us to be.
Search inside of yourself. God is powerful. And his invitation to us is simple. But it requires commitment. God will change your life. If you make a determination. To explore. And commit yourself. To living from the potential that exists on the inside of you. It's not evident. It's not visible. But that's your responsibility. Take those things that exist on the inside of you. And bring them out into your world. 